eyebrow text? Attacks. Attacks? It's like eyebrow text. Wait a second. You lost me. <laughs> Zoom into the eyebrows. You will see an individual tech per eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> you just see like some <laughs> beleaguered, overworked technicians going, oh, we're scary. We're on eyebrows. <laughs> I wish we got paid more for doing this work. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Parks and Rewatch. I'm your host, Joe. And I'm Joy. And today we are diving into Season 7, Episode 6, Save JJ's. Wow. How are we here already? Seems wild. I this episode on, and I was dreading it from the beginning. Why? Feinstein. (laughs) Yes. He drives me nuts. Famously one of your favorite characters. Famously famous and just great. <laughs> what was the guy's name from uh, season two episode with, oh my gosh, uh, what was the thing? Kaboom. Uh, I want to say Kevin, but that could no, be wrong. Keith. Keith. Yes, Keith. Oh my gosh. Keith and Feinstein are here to get me. How dare they? <laughs> Episode of the day plot synopsis. I actually wrote this like a plot synopsis. What? I don't even know what to do with that. Dennis is indeed a menace in this episode. <laughs> I mean, what kind of guy unleashes an FDA rejected cologne on a bunch of peaceful waffle eating protesters? In classic Parks and Rec style, this creates the perfect foil for the team. The storylines come together. They can still have it all. Save JJ's. Better PR for Grizzle, a new national park, maybe enough people to vote out Dex Hart, and Ron has the perfect last word. In sub-stories, it's Beverly Hills Treat Yourself Day. Uh, Craig reigns supreme, if only for a moment, and Tom finally stands up and asks for what he wants. So there's that. I feel like my mic is very low. Okay, that feels a lot better. Episode behind the scenes and trivia. Imdba. When Leslie, Ron, April, and Andy are strategizing how to save JJ's diner, you can see Mike Pence's framed picture in JJ's diner's wall behind Leslie. At the time of filming this episode in 2014, Mike Pence was the governor of Indiana. However, the episode is set in 2017, and in 2017, Mike Pence is the vice president of the United States. Interesting little time warp. They didn't predict that, did they? No. The chime sound, which the employees hear on their phone, is identical from the TV series Shark Tank. Hmm. I haven't seen it. I don't know. But cool. Saturday Night Live Weekend Update Summer Edition Episode 2.1 had a nice little call-out reference. I feel like there was more to this that didn't oh no it is it's the next bullet point when leslie and (laughs) others are usually i combine the bullet points so i confuse my own self i was i was lost for a moment just absolutely lost bullet point gone when leslie and others are looking at property in beachview terrace for a new location for jj's diner april says this place has everything vermin bullet holes a hornet's nest 
This is a reference to Bill Hader's popular character of Stefan on SNL's Weekend Update. Stefan infamously provides reviews of made-up clubs in NYC, stating this place has everything and listing a number of absurd attractions the club provides. So there you go. Any comments on that before we move on? I don't believe so. Zero comments. All right. No Zero comments. comments, sir. Moving to the dives. Okay, they're both up top. I don't know. There's just less and less things to dive into, which is kind of weird. I don't, I don't know what to do with that, Joe. <laughs> so just we have two of them, and they're up top. Um, we're talking about Cologne and the FDA and the Butler of Honor. So uh, Dennis says, release the hounds, uh, FDA rejected scent that makes everything smell like wet dog. So I naturally thought, okay, if the FDA rejected it, what are the terms that you have to go through in order to not be rejected by the FDA? Logical. Of course. So the FDA um, defines colognes and scents. They say if a product is intended to be applied to a person's body to make the person more attractive, it's a cosmetic under the law, which includes perfume, cologne, and aftershave. Fragrance ingredients in cosmetics must meet the same requirement for safety as other cosmetic ingredients. The law does not require FDA approval before they go on the market, but they must be safe for consumers when they are used according to labeled directions or as people customarily use them. Companies and individuals who manufacture or market cosmetics have a legal responsibility for ensuring that their products are safe and properly labeled. To learn more, see FDA authority over cosmetics. And I said, okay, I will see that next article. Um, cosmetics are defined as the FDNC Act. I don't know what that means. Defines cosmetics by their intended use as articles intended to be rubbed, poured, sprinkled, sprayed on, introduced to, or otherwise applied to the human body for cleansing, beautifying, promoting attractiveness, or altering the appearance. Boy, I can just see a pretentious influencer <laughs> going, oh, oh, I don't spray. I don't spray my cologne. I introduce this fragrance to my <laughs> system. I introduce it to my world. You're welcome. <laughs> just You just want to gently introduce <laughs> uh, that's what Blush would say <laughs> among the products included in this definition are skin moisturizers perfumes lipsticks fingernail polishes eye and facial makeup cleansing shampoos permanent waves hair colors and deodorants as well as any substance intended for use as a component of a cosmetic product it does not include soap Parentheses. To learn what products are considered soap for regulatory purposes, see the article soap. Wow. This got way more detailed than I was ready for. But if the product is intended for a therapeutic use, such as treating or preventing disease or to affect the structure or function of the body, it's a drug. Woo! Or in some cases, a medical device, even if it affects the appearance. Other, quote, personal care products may be regulated as dietary supplements or as consumer products. To learn more, see the article, is it a cosmetic, a drug, or both? Parentheses. Or is it soap? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that soap is like the stepchild. Or is it soap? <laughs> soap's like, can I be in that? No. 
you have to be a parenthesis. <laughs> FDA's, oh, and so they were talking about, um, there was a section where they were talking about, uh, like I was trying to figure out what would like take a, take a cosmetic out of this category. So they said adulteration refers to violations involving product composition, whether they result from ingredients, contaminants, processing, packaging, or shipping and handling. Um, a cosmetic is adulterated if it consists in whole or part of any filthy, putrid, or decomposed substance. So I want to know, according to whose nose is something filthy, <laughs> putrid, or decomposed? Because to Dennis's nose, I don't think wet dog is putrid. Yeah, he seems to be completely immune. I don't know. I would hate to work in his factory. FDA's legal authority over cosmetics is different from our authority over other products we regulate, such as drugs, biologics, and medical devices. Am I yawning right now? Why, yes, I am. Under the law, cosmetic products and ingredients do not need FDA pre-market approval, with the exception of color additives. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this was a really... Because I hate... Um, <laughs> I think I MLMs. know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So there is a whole little side note for essential oils and aromatherapy. They said <laughs> there's no regulatory definition for essential oils, though people commonly use the term to refer to certain oils extracted from plants. The law treats ingredients from plants the same as those from any other source. For example, essential oils. Why am I yawning? Have <laughs> <Damn> it. <laughs> ah! Because I just had COVID, that's why. Um, essential oils are commonly used in so-called aromatherapy products. If an aromatherapy product is intended to treat or prevent disease or to affect the structure or function, um, I like how there's a ad going on on your TV. I know. <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> Apparently, the fireplace I chose this morning was not ad-free. That's not oh, very much no. the spirit of Christmas. Oh, no. Um this is the sentence I loved. For a for mm. if an aromatherapy product is intended to treat or prevent disease or to affect the structure or function of the body, it's a drug. What? So without much trying, the way some essential oils are marketed could put them in the category of drug. So there's something to think about. You would appreciate this meme I saw one of my friends post the other day. It's like, let your kids believe in Santa. You believe in essential oils and no oh, one's ruining that for you. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, uh, I can neither confirm nor deny essential oils. Like, okay, if it works for you, great. Um, just because it's a thing that has hype, I don't care. Yeah, That's but there, my only reason. there definitely are those people who are like, you broke it, you broke your arm like literally in two. Here, put Here's some lemongrass some thieves, oil on it. Some thieves, put some thieves on it. Oh my gosh, thieves! And then it they, was like thick Christmas, <laughs> thick, thick Christmas, <laughs> thick with two C's Christmas. T H L C C. Is that thieves? No, thick, it's thick. thick Christmas. Brought to you in part by this MLM Essential Oil Company. Sign your friends up. Thick as thieves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, next thing we're going to talk about 
<laughs> Why are you laughing? Okay. That was really funny. <laughs> okay, like, guys. I'm, I just had COVID, okay? I'm sorry so, to laugh at your misfortune. You're allowed to. It's funny. Um, <laughs> so I, on my screen, I have a button set up just to mute my mic because I still have phlegm uh, and coughing and stuff. So I just muted my mic real quick to cough. And Joe thinks it's funny. And I'm going to mute my mic again and I'm going to blow my nose. <laughs> it just looks like some invisible force just yeets Joy silently off to the side <laughs> for a second. <laughs> oh, I love it when the verb is yeets. <laughs> it's such a fun word. <laughs> oh, it's so random. <laughs> All right, Butler of Honor. Tom is the Butler of Honor at Donna's wedding. Why am I yawning? Joy. You, Stop it. you had the Rona. I had the Rona. Oh my gosh. Okay. I didn't expect to actually find anything on the internet about Butler of Honor, but there is and are some things that Hmm. I found and it's actually pretty intense. And um, I would actually highly recommend this for anybody who's about to get married. Um, Marjennings.com had this whole article about it. I'll summarize it real quick. Joe, do you want to skim it and find any points that you want to harp sure, on? Sure, sure. Um, so Mar Jennings is an actor, I believe, and he goes into this whole thing about how often he has been uh, a, a butler of honor. And what that means, according to him, is you're basically the personal assistant to the bride You're the only man that's kind of doing stuff with her um, the entire day. And you're the one who stands up and says, no, she can't do that. Or no, you're you're being too much. How dare you? Um, But also he said something in there about um, the butler of honor uh, is there to assist the bride only and to provide some relief from all the demands questions and decisions she contends with in the months, weeks, and days leading up to the wedding. He's there to diffuse any tension that arises with service providers, wedding party members, or the out-of-town guest who insists that the bride provides childcare during the ceremony and reception. (laughs) A butler of honor is there to say no, hell no, and or absolutely not, unemotionally, directly, and always with a smile. So that's really funny to me. What did you see when you skimmed the article? I thought it was funny that it said they need to be always available morning, noon, and night. You want to be able to reach him by phone, BlackBerry, or iPhone. Oh, my gosh. BlackBerry. (laughs) So we have an instant context clue as to how old this article is. That's fun. Yeah. This was Uh, a hot minute ago. This was also basically the plot of a movie called Maid of Honor, but like M-A-D-E. Oh. Starring Patrick Dempsey. And um, give me a second. I'll think of her name. Um, Claire Moynihan, I think. Um, that reminds me of my PE teacher from kindergarten's last name, which was Linehan. He always uh, wore very awkwardly tight shorts. But it, it came out a while ago. It was basically... And the thing about this whole position is it just seems, A, like unnecessary if you have a good wedding planner. 
Mm-hmm. I know it says they shouldn't be the default wedding planner, but it just seems like a lot of these responsibilities are what you normally get a wedding planner for. Yeah. And also it just seems like something like, have there been in our listeners, have any of you ever been a, a butler of honor? This just seems like a strange place to be. Uh, and I noticed one of the bullet points is approved by the groom. You'll be spending a lot of time with your butler of honor. Make sure your guy isn't concerned about your quote other man. And oh my gosh. That's essentially the plot of the Patrick Dempsey movie is he and this girl have been friends for a long time and then he realizes he's in love with her but she's already getting married to another guy who's Scottish so he uses the maid of honor position that he has to essentially stay close to her and try to find the right moment to tell her that he's in love with her for the wedding shenanigans ensue Um, all that stuff. So it it does seem like a strange role. Okay, so I could see this multiple ways. This also reminds me of Love Actually, you know, the part where he goes mm, up to the mm-hmm. door with the cards. With the signs, yeah. That, like, that famously, uh, you know, beloved moment that's aged so well. Yeah, it's awful. Um, poor Kira Knightley. What a place she was put in, and she had to smile and laugh. Okay, so... I was recently at a wedding um, where my wife was the maid of honor. And I think it would have been helpful to have a butler of honor just to like, because usually on the day of the wedding planner is everywhere. The wedding planner is in the venue is going from room to room is checking on all the things. So like, it would have been nice to have a butler of honor just to go do the small things. Because then, like, I mean, somebody's got to do the small things and not everybody is open to that. Like, everybody kind of operates a little differently. Um, So I could have seen how that would have been helpful. Um, I don't necessarily think it needs to be a guy, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's quite limiting. Um, It could just be a good friend who happens to be amazing at logistics, like me, don't hire me to do this, please. Um, <laughs> I really don't like weddings, which is why we eloped. Um, but like just having an extra person there to handle logistics. That's what this is. It's like your go-to person. And like I've had friends that got married and um, ahead of time, like they sent out a one pager. Like if you need anything, don't text the bride or groom, text this person. Here's like, I think it all it can all be set up appropriately, but, like, this is just about having the appropriate manpower at your wedding. Because, let's be real, my observation of weddings is usually it's just super stressful for the bride and groom. You might not remember everything that happens because it's just a blur of a day. You don't really get to talk to everyone. Um... So if there's, like, one more person you want to keep close, like, have have one more person on your bridal staff, basically. But also thank them afterwards for all of the intense things they did that you knew nothing about. So, anyway. <laughs> the last point of this is the sense of humor, perhaps, most important of all. 
Your butler of honor needs to make you laugh at him, them, at yourself and the inevitability of absurd situations that are bound to arise during your time as bride-to-be. There are many moments when you'll be on the verge of breaking down in tears or laughter. Let your butler of honor help you find the funny and save your face. Save your face from streaking mascara. So there's that. Those are my two dives. How do you feel, Joe? Uh, I think the moral of the story is that if you want Joy to work your wedding in some capacity, you can't afford her. Yeah, you'll pay my day rate, <laughs> which is expensive. Joy's day rate is, uh, I don't know, I'm just estimating here, like eight grand a day plus expenses oh. for wedding related stuff. It could be negotiated. You got to price yourself out of work you don't want to do. Yeah, like that. it's 10 grand, actually. <laughs> yeah, there um, you go. So there you now go. Now it's time for our likes and dislikes, where we talk about what we liked and what we didn't like so much. Joe. I like Ron and Leslie's high five handshake attempts. They're amazing. <laughs> Ron just, uh, he sells it with that awkwardness. It's so good. And the head pat. pat, pat. <laughs> I do like Leslie's reaction to the idea of kale in a milkshake. In a, in a smoothie? Sure. Uh -huh. In a milkshake? No. 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 <laughs> I really liked Andy inquiring about Voldemort Putin. <laughs> I like how that moment just yes anded itself uh -huh. several times over. Yes. So good. <laughs> And I do like Dennis Feinstein coming back as a villain for the episode. I've said it before. Parks has always had a great rogues gallery. And Feinstein is one of my absolute favorites. Yep. I like Jonathan Karate and his ninjas. <laughs> it's such a small, subtle thing that, of course, yeah. Andy would have thought of. It's like he doesn't need an alter ego. And of course, his his alter ego is so similar to his slightly older brother. Right. <laughs> I like everything about Treat Yourself Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Especially Tom paying the paparazzi to make a big deal out of Donna. That was yes. a really nice friendship moment. That's amazing. I like Dennis being a villain through and through. Sometimes mm. it's just fun to have a villain be a villain. Yep. Uh, they're just bad. They enjoy being bad. And they're just bad. Yep. That is the motive. That is the action. Mm -hmm. That is the being. Mm -hmm. Like, you can tell, even though he's a terrible person, Dennis is living his best <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, ain't doing nothing by him. He makes horrible perfumes. He puts good, hardworking people out of business. He hunts people, maybe. Yeah, you he <laughs> goes and unplugs his dad with yeah. no feeling. <laughs> uh, I like that it brings together a giant shoot the moon, all or nothing Parks Department plan. Mm -hmm. I like that we are finally getting Tom and Lucy maybe one of my favorite moments of the episode i like that craig wishes his reign had last <laughs> lasted longer but he's happy with the decisions he made and the people he fired i have a, i just adored craig in this episode it's so good more craig please <laughs> i mean he's he's in charge for 30 seconds and apparently he's fired people i mean good for him 
Uh, I like Jonathan Karate and his team pulling off the TP mission, though mm-hmm. not entirely without any ninjas left behind. That was so funny. Uh, uh, that's what I liked about this episode. What did you like about this episode? I like that Terry is on the cake tasting panel. Like he represents the average man. Mm-hmm. That was a smart move. Will the average human like this cake? Mm-hmm. Of course, Craig put a joke cake in there. He's such Craig. Classic Craig. Come on, Craig. I love the surprise of DJ Blunts making an appearance. I love the comeback of Trecho Self. I love the subtlety of how clueless Joe is to it. Mm-hmm. And nobody lets him in on it. Everybody knows. Even Terry's uh-huh. just even, like, it's treat yourself. Even Terry. Um, I love that this episode has the musical jingles that we now always associate with treat yourself. Mm-hmm. It's the best day of the year. That was mm-hmm. flat. Sorry. I still have COVID throat. <laughs> best day of the year. Okay. That's fine. Um, Andy and April in this episode. I love them. I love Andy's obsession with blimps. April's alternative solutions. I love Andy's, you know, was it Putin? Voldemort, Putin. I love, you know, obviously it's going to get disseminated by tiny rolled up scrolls handed out by trained foxes. Um, And Jonathan Karate, one of his special things that he does is talking about holding and farts. Um, I love that Ron is not a spy. He's not. And he's going to say that every time. I love all the failed high fives and handshakes. I love, you know, just going and drowning your suffering in waffles. What more could you do? Obviously, if you don't have a butler of honor, you got to drown it in waffles. Um, I love Ron being willing to give a speech and set boundaries. And then his, you know, please do not approach me on the street after this event and attempt to talk to me. Our similarities begin and end with this single issue. Ron Swanson. It's just who ends their speech with their name? <laughs> I know. Ron. I, I don't feel like I have leveled up enough in life to have unlocked that. No. No. I don't even feel like I could do that. Just I mean a newscaster kind of can. Yeah. But, but it's not the same. No, it's not yeah. Ron is just an epic all of his own. Oh, would Ron be a great butler of honor? He would say no to everything. Yeah, he would. But I feel like you'd never be able to get him to agree to do it. That's valid. Craig would also be an interesting choice, but he would add to the stress, not take away yes. from it. Yes. But Craig, he would, Craig is high risk, high reward. Yeah. Yeah, both. Yep. Cool. Um... For some reason, I just really enjoyed Tom paying off the paparazzi. I enjoyed the subtle loop back of LASIK fingernails, though. Heck no, I would never, ever laser off my fingernails. That just sounds horrible. Mm-hmm. I love the shot of them driving up the one in California. I love how Donna's keeping it 100 and she got Tom the shoes. And Josh Groban made his own cameo eating his own seafood. Awkward. <laughs> I loved with my whole heart that when they went to Beachview Terrace, there was a wrecked car with a raccoon in the engine area. I love this. Our lore is coming to pass. 
I love that they sent a street cleaner through there and the raccoons just ate the wheels right off of it. I don't know how you do that while it's moving, but Randy probably orchestrated it. And now they're selling that street cleaner. Yeah, the, um, the raccoons for sure have a chop shop in Beachview Terrace. Oh, of course they do. It's amazing. I love that they have the same real estate agent as Leslie's house. I love the raccoons in the building. Joe. The moment Herman Lurpus jumped up, I was like, this is the moment Joe's talking about. It's the floor hole. Floor hole. <laughs> love it. I died. <laughs> love it. I love that Lucy knows how to speak fluent Tom without missing a beat. It's mm -hmm. truly beautiful. I think part of what makes Tom so irritating is that he doesn't have anybody who understands him. Mm -hmm. Like he is so different and so on the edge. So there's something extremely relieving about Lucy speaking his language. Yes, definitely. I love that Craig is in charge and he's losing the cranberry salad immediately and he wishes his weight, right? Wayne. Wow. Rewatch. Rewrite. We white. We white. <laughs> Wasn't that your first flub? It was. It was. Um, Craig wishes his reign had lasted longer, but he's happy with the decisions he made and the people he fired. <laughs> I love the ninja scenes, especially when Andy is the one who loses his buddy. Yes. I love that Ron let Leslie stew for three hours mm -hmm. knowingly. And then she hugs him and his, his statement of, I, I do not approve of this. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. yep um mid likes comedy gold but real life horror um grizzle being like we did not believe that we did anything to invade people's privacy trod also trod yeah trod uh i have so much judgment for that but then we checked thousands of emails and texts between our customers and their loved ones and it seemed like people thought we were <laughs> wrong um wow Comedy gold, they played the data mining, they played the big business, mm -hmm. and also it's terrifying, and I'm trying not to think about them doing that. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What did you dislike? A few things. Uh, first of all, I dislike the idea of sushi from fish owned by celebrities. Yeah, you're going to have an increasingly diminishing pool of items yeah exactly i mean just a few implications you know those fish died bad deaths yep uh and the volume of dead fish from celebrities that would have to exist just to keep this place in business Correct. are celebrities just really bad at owning fish in universe i mean i don't maybe know. maybe they sponsor fish yeah but um still end up in the tanks but still weird that feels I mean, like you remember when you used to go to Walmart back in the day and they had yes. the live lobsters in the lobster tank. And as a kid, <laughs> you thought it was super cool. And as an adult, it makes you real sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Similar vibes. Mm -hmm. uh, my other dislike, I'll say it again. Hitch does not organically ask for a sequel and a Hitch sequel is a terrible idea. Yeah. Rest my case on that one. Tap, tap, tap. Tap, tap, tap. Case ended. 
I have misplaced my judge hammer. <laughs> Note, gavel. Uh, I mean, if nothing else, season seven is incredible for giving us the Purd Pulls Court. I just love Purd with my whole heart. Such a beautiful episode. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Not a real judge. Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> uh, that's it for my dislikes. What did you dislike about this episode? Trod. He reminds me of Tucker Carlson, and that's just a bad vibe. <laughs> 100% bad vibe. Also bad vibe, Jessica Wicks. She comes on and I just want to crawl under my desk. Also Feinstein. Like, ugh, just so many bad vibes from the amazing villains in this episode. Mm -hmm. Yes, they're great, but also I can't. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw this, but the creepy-eyed gentleman in the Save JJ's crowd. Yes, definitely. His eyebrows were about to like eat everybody. Mm -hmm. He reminds me of the old lady in Princess Bride that comes out in Buttercup's, you know, vision and she's like, boo, boo. It's that kind of creepy yeah. skin pallor and eyebrow attacks. Eyebrow eyebrow techs it attacks attacks it's like eyebrow <laughs> techs wait a second you lost me <laughs> zoom into the eyebrows you will see an individual tech per eyebrow <laughs> <laughs> you just see like some <laughs> beleaguered overworked technicians going oh we're scary we're on eyebrows <laughs> I wish we got paid more for doing this work. Doris, I told you not to touch your eyebrows. I just got them perfect. <laughs> Eyebrow text. <laughs> oh, my god. Well, you can think about a guitar tech in a concert. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, just always off in the wings, ready at any yeah. moment to just... Yeah. Anyway. Oh. Um, yeah. And my last is elbow art. Just, mm -hmm. Nope. Now it's time for the Coronation of the Beautiful Rule-Breaking Moth, the segment in which you choose one specific thing that was a breakout star of the episode. Joe. My beautiful Rule-Breaking Moth is... <laughs> <laughs> you ready for it? <laughs> Floor hole. <laughs> I saw that and I immediately got flooded uh. with happiness. <laughs> and that is also my beautiful Rule-Breaking Moth. Just the perfect combination of circumstance and character. Yes. It would not have been would. as funny if it had been anyone else. Yep. But yep. it's him. And of course, he came in through the floor hole. <laughs> and I like how he doesn't say the hole in the floor, the floor. No, floor hole. <laughs> it needs no other explanation. The floor hole, much like the cheese, stands alone. Oh, I can't. <laughs> floor hole. Oh, floor hole. Hold on, I need to hack along. I'm back. Okay. And now. It's time. For the shaming, shaming of the Jerry. 
the part of the show where we shame one particular thing for running the episode down or being unnecessarily annoying, Joe. My Jerry is, I'm just going to give it to the idea of elbow art. Correct. Just so much weirdness. Yep. Um, why? Yep. And how? It's just practically not. I mean, you have to wear short sleeves to show it off. So long sleeves are out. You can't rest your elbows on mm-hmm. anything. The elbow flexes a lot mm-hmm. and also can be dry because it's an elbow. Mm-hmm. So doesn't seem like a place you really want to adorn Mm-mm. with bedazzle stuff. Um, so, yeah, it just it doesn't work for me on multiple levels. Yeah, mine is the same. Um, I physically feel uncomfortable when I even conceptualize elbow art because I often lean my elbows on things. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about, you know, going to the craft store and getting some adhesive backed little jewels and putting that on me, that hurts. Mm-hmm. Especially with the movability and flexibility of the skin around your elbow. That adhesive would not stay long. Why would it be multiple hundreds of dollars to put mm-hmm. bedazzled stickers on your elbow? And ouch. Mm -hmm. So the moment you contract your elbow, then all your skin gets super bunchy and then that (laughs) pinches and then you, you know, you fully move your elbow towards your chest and then it's all the skin is stretchy and then all the bedazzles pop off. Obviously, I have issues with technique. Um, How do you... How do you plan for that much flex? If somebody has the answer, tell me. Until then, I'm going to be angry. The end. I've never thought of stretchy, the opposite of stretchy skin being bunchy, but it makes total sense. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, when you go this way, the skin gets stretchy, but when you go this way, it gets bunchy. Bunchy. I mean, you look at a baby's legs. That's yeah, bunchy. They're very, they're very bunchy. Yeah. Very bunchy. Perfect descriptive. <laughs> the more I say this word, the weirder it feels. Bunchy. Bunchy. <laughs> Is why do you have such saggy skin? It's not saggy. It's, it's bunchy. I bedazzled it too many times. Yeah, too much elbow art back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Now it's time for the awarding of the Little Sebastians, the ceremony in which we rate each episode against the entire catalog of Parks and Recreation episodes by awarding it between one and five Little Sebastians. Joy. How many little Sebastians would you rate Save JJ's? Four. It was good. Also, just it wasn't quite a five. I just felt a little too uncomfortable, but it was also just so good. What about you? Same. Solid four. Same. Solid four. 
It's a bunchy far. <laughs> bunchy far. Mm-hmm. Which means now it's time to ask that all important question. Where, Where in the world, world is Sean Ralphio? Uh, as always this segment is four episodes where the character is not featured we speculate where he might be and what he might be doing joy where he be where he be where be he where be he it's ad time on your tv again (laughs) i think he's quickly trying to use his newfound million dollars to legally buy up real estate in beachview terrace even though the gang's been doing business out of there for quite a while Especially since, you know, Dex Hart's so easy to manipulate. Mm-hmm. We all know that. So. It really makes a lot of sense when you think about it. I mean, they've been operating with no problems. All yep. they had to worry about was Dex Hart, and that's not really something they had to worry about because nope. he doesn't care at all. Correct. Yep. Where do you think he is? I think obviously he and the gang are in crisis mode. Their plan to take over Beachview Terrace and expand their control throughout the rest of Pawnee has been utterly foiled, just as it was going so perfectly. I know. Now the rug has been pulled out from under them, and they are not happy. Oh, my gosh. So if you thought this, what they did to the street sweeper was bad, just wait. Heads are going to roll for this. Wait. And then they're going to be bunchy after they roll. (laughs) Bunchy. Uh, they have sent John Ralphio out as an envoy to the posh raccoons from the former Eagleton side of town. A parlay must be had. Desperate moves must be made. What does a posh raccoon look like? I don't know, but I bet the internet could give us some fantastic, uh, fantastic ideas. Posh raccoon. Do they have bedazzled fur? The first thing that came to my mind was top hats. Okay, yep. That makes total total sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm I'm down for this. <laughs> and now karate moves. That's what I was gonna karate say. Karate moves? Karate moves. Karate? Uh, Joy, what do you want to karate chop this week? I'm obviously going to karate chop COVID, um, which I originally wrote as colds. Oh my gosh, because I thought oh, oh, this oh. was a cold. Ooh, I foreshadowing. I know it was rough. Um, I yeah, I mean, I thought this was just a cold because I hadn't taken my allergy meds for two days. Um. But then turns out it's the Rona. Rough. No. The Rona is rough. What about you? Uh, I didn't have a karate chop when I initially completed this note these notes. I figured something would um mm. you know, something would materialize for me. Oh uh, it did. Oh. And oh. what I wanna karate chop is transfer cases. Uh I still don't really know what that is. I just think of a road case and I'm like, is it a quarter pack? Is it a half pack? Is it stackable? Uh, it's the component in four wheel drive vehicles that switches vehicles from two wheel drive to four wheel drive. Ah, 
Uh, older vehicles had manual transfer cases. Most yeah. newer vehicles have electronic transfer cases, which means mm. you hit a switch or a button and your vehicle changes from two-wheel drive to four-wheel drive. Mine stopped working the other day when we had our first snow of the year. I went to oh. turn on my four-wheel drive because I have a pickup, and without four-wheel drive, they're basically undrivable in the snow oh. uh, because it's very light, and the back end likes to fishtail real, real bad. Oh. And so I took it in to get it fixed. Turns out there's a computer component in the transfer case that can fail. It's a rare thing, but it was described by my mechanic as Toyota's one goofy thing, but it can fail. And because a computer component fails inside the transfer case, it's impossible to get to and replace without taking the entire transfer case apart. And there could be other complications and stuff. So it's actually cheaper just to replace the entire transfer case, which is what we're doing. Uh, so that's not fun. Yikes. So I'm karate chopping that Toyota transfer case thing that, uh, has made my life so fun this week. So, so fun. sorry. So Most of the time when I think of Toyota, I just think of the truck, the pizza planet truck from toy story uh. that only just says, Oh, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and to be fair, I love Toyotas. Uh, I, my last Toyota was a forerunner that made it almost 300,000 miles before I traded it in and it was still going strong. Um, I will probably have this truck for somewhere around that many miles. Who knows? Um, I love Toyotas. They are so reliable. I, I love them. Uh, but like my mechanic said, apparently they have this one goofy thing and it turns out it's a expensive goofy thing expensive. that's fun anyway enough about me who do you want to be nice to this week <laughs> um just a little encouragement to talk about agency real quick um it's using your voice to do what you need what helps you to live your best life and you're worth it as our friend glennon doyle says the last person you want to disappoint is yourself so Choose yourself. You're worth it. Joe, what about you? This week, I would like to be nice to all of you who have been sharing your Spotify wrapped results with us and we're in your top podcasts. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I haven't looked. Yeah, in the Facebook group, several people have already been posting. And Oh, I need to go look. It just, it blows my mind because sometimes I will be completely honest. It's hard to conceptualize, especially when, you know, stuff's been going on. We've had to skip a week like last time and the conversation kind of quiets down. It's hard for me to remember sometimes that other people actually listen to this. Yeah, that's Uh, true. Because at the end of the day, it's just you and me sitting in our respective basement slash nondescript room. Right. And then I sit in the basement and edit it and put it places on the internet and then that's kind of where the workflow ends for me a little bit and oh. so it, it's kind of hard to remember like oh yeah people listen to us yeah. <laughs> when we do this and so i just want to say thank you for listening to us wow and also aaron, aaron sankey spent six thousand eight hundred and seventy six minutes with us yeah that's that's bonkers to me we're number four for greg come on now like, what is what is this like i just uh, yeah i can't believe that people 
listen to us and then I see our names in the same, you know, top five as office ladies and stuff like yeah. that. It's it's really humbling. It it really, yeah. really is. Yeah. Um, I often forget that there's other people out there than me and Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Marie, because Marie live texts me when she listens to each episode. It's really fun. <laughs> That's amazing. She hates when I say phlegm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just thank you. Uh, thank you for listening to us. Thank you for spending so much time with us and being a part of our community. It really means the world. Yeah, we love you guys. And with that, Joy, take us to that outro. Give me a word, Joe. You know, every time I should know this is coming. <laughs> every time. <laughs> Uh, let's go with We Gotta Do It, Floor Hole. This is a very classic song. Do you know the song, How Much Is That Doggy in the Window? Yes, I do. Yes. Okay, good. How much is that hole in the floor? <laughs> you don't have to do anything else with it. The one that Herman... Lurpus emerges from How much is that hole in the floor? I do hope Grizzle keeps that hole What's my next one? Uh, let's go with Beachview Terrace, naturally. Beachview Terrace? Okay, let me take this. Oh, no, 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 no. Make the font a different size. I just wanted to because my my voice is a little messed up. I hate changing keys because then I have to think about it. That was not a very great sentence. Um. Wow. Joy. Joy. I am not thinking clearly either. <laughs> that, just followed up by that strum. That was How great. <laughs> much is that building in Beachview Terrace? The one with all of the graffiti. How much is that building with the raccoons? <laughs> I do think those raccoons are cute. I read in the papers they are robbers with flashlights that shine in the dark. My raccoons, they are so weak. I do need them trained to be black water. What do you call them? <laughs> Blackwater seals. Seals. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Woo! Give me another word. Uh, ninjas. Hmm. I need my property protected from those little. Weak raccoons. 
I do wish I could hire ninjas who would patrol my roof line. I saw on the TV there's a show called the Johnny Karate Super Awesome Karate Show. I wonder if I could hire ninjas from that show. So I called the station and I found out they're under contract. And if I wanted some ninjas, I would have to get their parents to sign a release. Okay, one more. One more. Um, let's go just because I know that you will love it so much. Feinstein. Feinstein. Every so often I wonder why are bad people so bad? When I look at people like Feinstein, I do think the world is deranged. <laughs> I looked him up on Wikipedia, and I found that he has a tragic past. And when I looked at his tragic past, I only had a little tiny bit of empathy. Then I looked at who he became and all of the people he wrecked. So I called all of them up and now we are jointly suing him. <laughs> I do hope we win. I've got Jim Barkley on the case. She is going to campaign and definitely smear his name. <laughs> All you. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us. We hope that you have had a blast. If you would like more Parks and Rewatch in your life, you can follow us on Instagram at Rewatch Parks. You can join the official Parks and Rewatch fan club on Facebook. And again, thank you so much for posting your Spotify wraps. Uh, it really has been amazing and humbling to see that, that we made your guys' top podcast. That's incredible. If you would like to support our show, help us keep making these episodes, you can head over to patreon.com slash parksandrewatch. And if you sign up at the Pawnee Goddess or Swanson Tears, you get instant access to The Hucking Boofs, our after show exclusively for patrons. If you are an email type of person, you can send us an email at rewatchparks at gmail.com. And if you are enjoying our show, it would mean the world to us if you would leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and a review on Spotify. Reese, you love fingers to you all, and we will see you next week. And what do we say? Bungie. Floor hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Bungie floor hole. Ew.